0: Take your seats. Uh, Amen. Just one thing that we are you happy this uh, Elder? God bless you. Are you happy this morning? Uh, Looks like 10% is happy. Are you happy this morning? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Happiness is a choice. Uh, Amen. Now, I have something here before I preach just to to guide you a bit. Uh, they say in life whenever you do something you must ask yourself why am I doing it? And when you know why you are doing it then you will know how you should do it. And when you know how you should do it, then you will know what to expect. Are we together? Yeah. And even with God and and this is a disconnect between the people and God because a lot of times people often go to God and mention what they want. Are we together? without knowing why do they want it. And if there is a disconnect between what you want and why you want it, you are not going to get it from God. It must be, the reason we say why, it must be for the right reasons. Are you here? Now, when you say, we want to have a church, that's what you want. Why do you want to have a church? Hallelujah. If, 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 if the reason is that we just want to be a fleshy church in the city, it's a wrong reason. But if you say the reason we want to have a church is because we want to repair people spiritually so that they are ready for His kingdom, then now you are talking. Are you here? Amen. Are you here? A, a church, a church is, a, is a place where broken people are mended. Uh, are you with me? Uh, all of us, we are here because at some point in time we were broken. Uh, how many agree? Yes. Some of you, you may never, you don't remember when you were broken, but let me remind you we were broken. And that is why you are here, so that God can engage in a process to, to mend you, to repair you, so that you become uh, come into the full stature of a perfect man or a perfect woman. Are we together? Yes. What, what I'm simply saying is that a lot of times they ask a, a senior pastor in his senior years, and said in hindsight what you could have done differently if you were to turn back that lock of time and he said what I would do differently is that I gave up too quickly on people and if I could have it again I will never give up too quickly on people have you realized that Christianity we are beginning to give up on people too quickly hallelujah hallelujah uh, I hope you are with me. I see some uh, listeners say, where is he going? I'm going where I'm going. <laughs> because people these days, they no longer listen. When you talk, you say, where is going? What is the conclusion of the whole matter? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Where is Brother Kune? Amen. Amen. Uh, A round of applause for this man. <laughs> Where is this uh, Sharon Van Roy. And this is what I want to drive and the devil must know one thing we are not going to give up on our children too quickly how many agree with that we are not going to give up on our children too quickly, uh, children too quickly. amen uh, uh, I think you that have been around you would know how brother uh, came uh, into the message, uh, we know, and I'm a very transparent man. How it happened, I disapprove as a pastor. But how it was fixed, I approve as a pastor. Away yeah. <laughs> together. Uh, because we know that the, the, the brother was not in the message uh, and met with the young girl in her vulnerable stage as a young girl and they met and had a child. Are we together? And then later the young man said, I want to take the responsibility for the child. And later the young girl explained that what happened shouldn't have happened based on what I believe in. And then when he found out what she believes in, he came. And when he came and said, Visited and said, I love what is going on, and I'm going to be honest. I did not trust it because I thought maybe uh, you, you love it because you want the girl. <laughs> so I said, Fine, if you love, this is what you love. Uh, and he said, I want to be baptized, but I said, You must remember, she's not yours, she's not your wife. Uh, she did a mistake, but she's not your wife. I don't want any you to have anything to do with her. She's a child. I went to her parents and I told them, I say, this is still a child. But the young man was there and I was observing him. How he grew, how he became responsible, how he took care of his child. Later I was persuaded that there is more to the young man is because certain things, they happen because we lack knowledge. Mm-hmm. But once we get knowledge, then we do things properly. Uh, wait again. Then I saw him growing in stature and then found a job providing for his uh, son. And later he came to me and said, Pastor, I, I think I'm ready that my parents... Can go and visit the Fanroyans. Are we together? Yeah. And now we arrange the uh, Kune family visited the Fanroyans. Are they Kunes in the house? If they can stand up. Amen. <clears throat> so these are the Kunes. Are they the Fanroans in the house? Amen. Amen. Or oh, the Kunis, we say, Rala Mugela. The Fanroans, we say, Welcome. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so it was done responsibly. And today I'm going to engage them and I don't know I don't have the wedding date but I know in June in June am I right this June June. (laughs) Third, third of June Don't put anything there, just put kune there. (laughs) Amen. 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 So we'll engage them, and then we'll have a a wedding for them on the 3rd of June. Make sure that you come and celebrate with them. Amen. Isn't it such a a happy ending? (laughs) (laughs) And this is where I'm saying, sometimes as a pastor, when you help one sheep, the other clever sheep, they often run ahead of you as a pastor and say, why? Why Why did he allow him to come? Uh, nonsense. It's none of their business. I'm a pastor. Uh, amen. So when, when something starts, I already know where it is going. Are we together? And we are not going to make decisions on people's lives to satisfy certain people because maybe we need to keep them in church. If they have to go, let them go. Amen. Because why am I here is to make sure that broken men and women are sorted. And if people forget that they were once broken and they become self righteous let them go. Amen. Eh, yeah. Just come here. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, if you can project it there for the people. Matthew 1 verse 18 Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy ghost then Joseph her husband being a just man not willing to take to make a public example of her but what we want, the key words is that even though before they were married, Joseph was espoused to, to Mary, the Bible calls Joseph her husband. Because what makes people to come into a holy matrimony, it is not the pastor, it is their vow. Are we together? When a man approaches a young woman and says, I want you to be my wife. And the young woman in good faith says, yes, that is the commencement of a marital process. And then thereafter, we are going to celebrate the wedding, are we together, for the marriage that is taking place. So now it's just a promise that, uh, wait for me, I will be back. And on the 3rd of June, uh, Kuno will be back. Amen. And then... Uh, when he is back, then he will take from the Fanroyans what belongs to him. Amen. Actually, she has always been Kune until she was found. Hallelujah. And then the Fanroyans must begin the process of preparing themselves to let go. Amen. Parents must know how to let go. Amen. And even Kune as well, he's a man in his own right. He, he's not marrying this woman. He's not going to marry this woman for the Kune. He marries the woman for himself. Are we together? Because when a man has got sisters and he marries a woman, then the sisters, they think that, yeah, now we found a slave that will do chores for us. Kune, a responsible man does not abuse his wife amen when a man is responsible towards his wife that woman will look radiant throughout amen and an irresponsible man causes depression for his wife are you with me amen now is there something Amen. Can I just have one representative from the Kune and one representative from the Fanroans? Our services are on record, so I want their voice to be on record. Come say. Just one. Just one. There's the mic song leader's mic you can stand to this side Amen I uh, You just tell me who you are how are you related to the young man and, and I will ask you a question Good
1: morning, everybody.
0: It's fine. I am Kavone Nagiribwone, Marilekin, marriage Kune. I
1: am I'm the aunt to Dumisang, Sam Kune. My brother came after me Dumisang's day.
0: Amen. God bless. Amen. You and I agree that his mother and dad, if they were here, they were going to be very happy. Yes, Amen. They are late. Amen.
2: Uh, morning, saints.
0: Uh, my name is Dirk Stefanes Van Ruyen.
2: Uh, Sharon is my daughter, my eldest daughter, and Tumi-sang is my uh, son-in-law.
0: To be. To be. To be. All right. Amen. Amen. God bless. I'll just ask you, do you allow this young girl to be engaged to this young man? Yes, I do. Amen. (laughs) God bless. (laughs) God bless. Amen. I don't know, you've got something here? Let's lay our hands upon this ring. Gracious Heavenly Father, this ring, this young man is going to use it as a token for the promise that he's got for this young girl. Lord, I'm laying my hands upon this ring. And I say, may you bless it, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That mic must be back. You can take it. And I will give you a microphone. And you will speak for yourself. Hold, for, hold it for him. Amen. Hold it for him. Come this side. I will go that side.
1: I greet everyone in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, amen. 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 <laughs> um, Sharon Rose Van Doren, I'm not promising you any worldly riches, but I'm just promising you to take care of you and to lead you with the word of God. I love you with all my heart. you. <laughs> I don't know if Will you
0: marry me? Oh, Amen. You can put the ring. Oh, let's hear her first. Yes. Oh, Amen. your right hands here, gracious Heavenly Father, I'm praying for this young man and this young woman, and Lord I say may you provide guidance and leadership in their lives until such a great big day when they will come together into holy matrimony, may you make them to be an example of what redemption means, from a broken background but to a mended background, That is your amazing grace, Heavenly Father. As I lay my hands upon them, may you be gracious to them. Whatever resources that they may need, that their day may be a special day. May you make a provision as a Jehovah Jireh. Lord, as I commit them to you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. God bless uh, some, I found them in a broken background as a pastor. I helped them. When they knew how to talk, they turn around and say, ah, Pastor Mariba has no ministry, we are leaving. I hope you won't be like them. Yes. Amen. God Amen. bless. Amen. A round of applause for them. All right, Brother Grace Chimanga, you can stand up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Brother Branham speaks about a young man that went to, on a work assignment into the other country, and when he was there... The colleagues were amazed that he he would come back from work, lock himself into the room, they would go partying, he would not go partying. I know it was referring to the young girl, but I'm taking the flip side of it. And this man was standing there, and they asked and said, why would you not party with us? Why don't you run around with girls the way we do? Then he Took this man that was asking a question and said, Do you see where the sun is setting? Right there, where the sun is setting, there is a country. And in that country, there is a a village. And in that village, there is a family. And in that family, there is a woman. And that woman, I have made a promise to her that I'm going to come back and make her my wife. Are we together? So, brother Grace as well made a promise to somebody in Congo and said, "Wait for me." Uh, His family's message believers in Congo, and then the name of the sister is sister Zou Lubilu. Zoe. Oh, Oh, okay, okay. Uh, You need to talk it in your language. (laughs) You see, sometimes there's a particular way that the tone that goes with the name of the woman that you marry. Amen. Even me, I've got a special tone for you to Yeah, you can pronounce it for us. Give the man a mic, brothers. My name, oh, the name is mentioned already. Okay, the sister's name is Zoe Lubilu. Yes. Zoe Lubilu. Okay. God God bless you. Yes, you can give the mic to him. Yes, so we, the parents the parents will come to South Africa. It will happen in this country, the wedding or in this church Amen So we are still sorting out the visas for the parents for the whole Entourage to be in the country and the marriage will happen in this church We envisage around about April somewhere then April May May. May. Amen Bless Amen. Hey, don't you just live the determination of this man that that's her? I'm gonna take her and make her my wife. Not these wealthy cowards that say I still want to study her. Will she have a baby? That's those are evil thoughts. These are upright men that make decisions. Stick to the decision. And that shows what the ministry of William Brenham can produce. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. And just give us a nice worshiping song. Don't worry, we're not going to be long. Amen. Next week I'm not here. I'm in Zimbabwe. Amen. At Beldevie, uh, I'll be preaching there and addressing even the pastors' meeting. Amen. Oh, before we go there, I I heard that in some church when the pastor is not around, they say God is not there. We are not going. <laughs> it does not work in this church. Even when the pastor is not around, the omnipresent, omnipresent God is still here. Are we together? If somebody misses church because the pastor is not there, that reflects spiritual immaturity. Amen. The same God that uses the pastor will use the brother that will preach. Are we together? Let's be a mature church. Amen. Hey, come with it. bindu
3: <speaking in> we <Hebrew>
0: nineteen verse four. Let's start from verse three. It reads in this manner if it is found. It's good to see Sister Becky. God bless you. Amen that's Sister Becky Makula. Her father is is my elder. Uh, He's the one that officiated my marriage. Amen. And my mother-in-law worships there with them. Uh, Her father is the one that buried my dad when my dad passed away. Amen. So they are very close to our family. Amen. Even her dad just sent me a beautiful quotation this morning. May God richly bless him. Amen. Amen. Matthew 19, verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him. Not believers, the Pharisees. Brother Brahms says the word Pharisee, it means an, an actor, a hypocrite, came to him, tempting him, saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall live to his wife and the twin shall be One flesh, wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not men put asunder. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, ...suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever, whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. His disciples say unto him, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Amen. Uh, And we disagree with the disciples this morning. It is good to get married. 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 Are there any, how many happily married people are in the building? Ah, leave your hands in the air. (laughs) How many happily married people are in the building? Me, me, I'm happily married. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Yes. You know, when we tell other young men and say it's good to get married, other married people sneak to them and say, hey, it's rough. Amen. Amen. You know, when you find a soulmate, uh, when, you are, when she is away or you are away, and you hear something, and you, and you can't wait to tell them about what you have heard. You know, you get to a stage where, as a husband and a wife, you know which jokes your wife loves. And she knows what you love. Always together. So you are so connected until such time marriage becomes a bliss. But when you are disconnected, it becomes a duty. There's nothing as bad and some like a dutiful marriage where a husband feels it's my duty, where the wife feels it's my duty. But when you are into it for the love of it, you don't even you don't count the days. Yes, I don't say you won't have disagreements, there will be disagreements. But your love for each other, it's so it's so solid that you can still find each other in the midst of disagreements. Do you have married people that are my witnesses? Yes. Uh, amen. And if you say, I'm finished, you'd never know. It's your responsibility to work it out. And you, you chose him. You chose her. So work it out. Make it work. And great men are measured by how fulfilled their wives are. And here's a recipe. You can have unlimited bank balance, but still have a miserable life. And somebody can have a limited bank balance, but have a fulfilled life. The answer is not in riches. Are we together? I know some sister in the building might be saying in her heart, it's good maybe to get a rich man that troubles you than a broke man that troubles you. That's your call. Amen. But we love our wives and that is what this message has produced. Families that are a masterpiece. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, we've read a portion of a scripture here and Lord, I think it would be fit that after such a a beautiful engagement and a beautiful announcement of the wedding of Brother Grace, that we should somewhat just follow the spirit and dwell on this subject that to those that are here that may never have been exposed to the doctrine of marriage as a covenant, that they may be exposed to it. Because I believe the reason our society is broken and our nation is broken is because families are broken. I look at this country how many families are without fathers and i realize how many young men are raised without an example of a godly father and that is why men that are here this morning they should take it upon themselves to be able to clearly represent godly fatherhood in this dying society so that young men can look at them and say, it is possible to be a man of substance. And I believe that we in the message have got the material that certainly makes it possible for us to be sound men that even our daughters can look up to and use us as a yardstick when they come into marriage and say, I don't want our marriage to be married to anybody else. I need somebody that looks like my godly dad. And Lord, help us to make these things possible as I'm praying for the congregation, as I'm praying for the visitors. May you bring the illumination of the way to their way as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Just before we preach. Um, I just want to put something across here. Uh, we all know that we've got a problem in this city with water, electricity. How many know that? How many know that? Amen. Ah, so, I I read a quotation somewhere. Brother Branham said, "If you are a pastor, you are a pastor of the entire community." And I said, when I heard that uh, schools have closed down because of lack of water and lack of electricity, and I heard that patients were being turned away from the hospital because they could not get their dialysis treatment because of their kidney failure. When I heard that a child almost died because of lack of oxygen. I said, as a pastor of the community, what can I do? I said, because we are from a better government. Hallelujah. Yes. We are from a better government. Yes. Our government in heaven has got no corruption. Yes. Amen. It keeps all its promises. Amen. Yes. So I thought, uh, when you, you are a leader, uh, you, can, you can be able to help people move in the right direction. So I requested that the community should have a, a meeting and they should have a steering committee that will represent the residents uh, between the municipality and the residents and together with ESCOM. And I spoke to the general manager of ESCOM during the week uh, and she indicated that they will suspend load shedding to allow the dialogue to continue so that we can find a solution to this bad situation that we find ourselves in. Amen. Amen. So when a pastor advises the community, he's not a politician. He's just giving an advice to the community. Politics is rotten to the core. But I believe a godly pastor can say to the community, "Let's let's not turn right, let's turn left here. Amen. Are we together? So when you see me that, doing that, don't, don't be scared that maybe Mufundis will become a politician. No, no, no. I've got no desire in those things. We must, we must make sure that we get this with bank right. It's a responsibility of every man and woman uh, to make sure that it is right. Amen. And it starts being responsible. It starts with even paying your electricity bill. Isn't it so? Amen. So even mine on Friday, I said to my wife, make sure it's up to date so that we lead by example. Amen. Because you cannot say, well, you are not paying electricity, but you complain when there is no electricity. Amen. Pay, then you can complain after. Are we together? Eh, God bless you, Richly. I thought I should put it across so that it becomes very transparent. Amen. Now... This morning, we just want to take a few minutes. I think time is fast, spent. don't worry. I will keep within my time and speak about marriage. Amen. And maybe it will be a counseling to the couple that we have just engaged this morning. Uh, Amen. Brother Brandon says, as you grow older with your wife, and you must remember, when we speak about marriage, we speak about a great mystery between Christ and the church. He says, as you grow older with your wife, Brother Brahm says, there are times where I feel I could pull her into me, that we can be so, become so one. And I believe that as years go by, Christ is closer to the church, and he feels he can pull the church into him, so that they become so united in thought, in spirit and in the weight. Are we together? Because in this last day, uh, the bride will speak, but it will not be her speaking, it will be the groom speaking through her. Are we together? And uh, let me say this, it doesn't matter how great and polished your doctrine can be. We measure every doctrine by the results that it produces. Are you here, church? We don't measure the doctrine on how articulate or how polished a pastor is. We look at the lives of the people that have received the doctrine and see how they are leading their lives. Then it tells us whether the doctrine is sound or not sound. Are we together? And a a lot of times, marriage is very critical in God's economy and that's why when you look at the Bible it opens with marriage and it closes with marriage and there are marriages in between and that's why when Paul saw it he said, I speak of a great mystery which is uh, Christ and the church when we speak about a man and a woman and that is why he says if a man loves his body, a man will take care of his wife because you are, wife, you are the head of the body. Are we together? Uh, sisters, no sister is compelled to get married. You have every scriptural right that every man that comes your way, you can say no. Are you here? Yeah. A sister has got scriptural authority to say No. To a marriage proposal that means when any sister that says yes, it is her choice, and after you have said yes, there are conditions that go with yes is that that meant that you say yes to from that day henceforth he shall become your head and uh, you you you'd know that we don't say the any organ is more important than any other organ because you cannot have the whole body with one organ. But uh, you will realize that if, if, if your heart fails, we can be able to have a heart transplant. If there's a problem with blood, we can have blood transfusion. If there is a problem with marrow, there are certain things that we can do to address that. But have you realized when there is a problem with the brain, if, there is, if they declare your brain dead, you have reached a point where the damage is irreversible. Are we together? Yes, sometimes it looks like the heart is more important than the head. But I want to say the head is important. That's why... If, something, if you can heal that, that something is falling, the first thing that you cover is your head. Because you know, any other part of the body, you can administer healing, but you can never administer healing to a damaged head. So that means every woman must be very responsible when you choose a head. And if you choose an irresponsible head, that's your own indaba. Because you make a choose. Zulus, they say Are we together? And every choice has goes with uh, consequences. If you choose, there are going to be consequences of your own choosing. Are we together? The hate is where it is a decision, it's a central point for decision making. With the reason you are here and now you drove to church, it is your hate that told you where to turn. It is your hate that sends uh, and the message is throughout the body through your nervous system if you feel cold it is some message that runs from your brain that goes through the entire body that tells the body it is cold, if it's hot it has to come from the brain if you raise your hand it has to start in the brain, that's why when you've got stroke and it causes a severe damage it can even damage certain movements in your body because the whole control of the body is in the head are you here, church? Yes. So that means, spiritually speaking, what controls and leads the church, it is the head, it's Christ. He sees for us. He speaks for us. He listens for us. He's the one that sends messages throughout the body and tells us what season we are in. Are we together? Yes. That's why a church without a head, it's an irresponsible church. And today, the reason you see we've got many churches... Uh, littered around the world but with no impact is because it, they are claiming to be his body yes. but they've got a different head yes. some have got political heads yes. some have got religious heads yes. Hallelujah. They've got, some have got traditional heads yes. but you've got to have a godly head which is Christ yes. and when you've got a head that is Christ that head you must follow it And no matter where it goes, that's why we say, wherever he goes, I will follow. If that head goes all the way, even into the grave, follow that head because it has the power to come out of the grave. Are we together? When Christ died, the whole body died. When the head rose, the body rose. So that means you as well as the body, even if you die, you will rise again. Because why? Whatever the hate has gone through, that's exactly what the body will go through. The body died and was resurrected. The body raptured. That means the head died. The head resurrected. The head was raptured. That means that the body will die. And the body will resurrect. And the body will be raptured. And that is why in the end time we saw the head above Sunset Mountain. Which tells you that we are now retaining, we are now coming out. Back under the headship. Our decisions are not our decisions, it is His decisions. Hallelujah. That's why we say God must take control in our lives. He must make decisions. And that is why Paul comes and says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. What it means is that it was no longer His will, it was God's will. It was no longer what He wanted, it was what God wanted. And this morning, if you still have wishes, and if you still have plans, and you still want to do your own things, then you are not suitable to come under the headship of Christ. Because coming under the headship of Christ, it means you must deny yourself. Are you you a church? So that means when a woman accepts a man as a husband, this woman must have a long-range vision. Stay with me, young girls. If your vision only takes you to the day when there is hallelujahs and there is celebration taking place, you surely have a limited vision. There is still more ground to be covered after the lily-lilies. And uh, the danger party today is that even in the message, young girls fall in love with the marriage day, the wedding day, than they fall in love with the people that they are getting married to. Can I get an amen to that? They think about the decor and not think about his character. They worry about what am I going to be dressed in rather than in what spiritual dress is the husband dressed in. They worry about what catering will be there and the quality of food and they, they neglect to check what is the man feeding on. Are you here, church? And I'm going to come to you, young men, as well, because you look at the glittering eyes. But any woman, I don't care, beauty is subject to change. She can look radiant with glittering eyes, and you call her my dove, but after two children, she's got to go through a bodily transformation. And if you loved the stature, you're going to look somewhere else. And when you look somewhere else, you become less of a man. Because any man that would go for any other woman except his wife, that man simply says, Never ever trust my decisions. Because I do not trust my decisions. I'll give you time to digest what I just spoke about. We need a man that can say that she's mine. After two years, she's mine. After 10 years, she's mine. After 20 years, she's mine. At her graveside, she was mine. Not men that marry today and after a year they are looking for quotations to make them escape their obligations. When you choose, you must choose and be soberly minded. That's why any man that got married and divorced, we can accept them to come and worship but they do not qualify for any spiritual position. A divorced man can never be a deacon. A divorced man can never be a pastor. No matter how much they preach grace. And that's why before we choose a man for a role, we check their spiritual, their background. Where do they come from? Who do they make promises to? How are they living? It is your responsibility to make sure, I, I said to somebody, I said, there are, as I fight this battle, there are certain areas that are a no-go area in my life. And one of the no-go areas in my life is my family. It is my marriage. It must, that one, before the devil does anything, he's got to take me out first. Are you here? Amen. Amen. While you are still captivated by what I'm saying, no other woman should be more beautiful than your wife. If any woman becomes more beautiful than your wife, you are getting drunk by an evil spirit. I like how amen are coming in a very gentlemanly manner. Amen. Let's do it this way. Let me go to the book of Numbers. I'll try to compress my message. Let's go to the book of Numbers 30 from verse 1. Numbers 30 from verse... One. It reads in this manner, if found. And Moses spake unto the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. This is the thing that the Lord hath commanded. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond. He shall not break his word; He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. If a man makes a vow, a man is accountable for that vow. If a man makes a vow, no one can overrule a vow of that particular man. That is why when a man gets married, he, he consults with his family but the consultation doesn't mean he's looking for approval. Are we together? He just makes sure he wants to be cordial, because when a man makes a vow, his vow will stand. No one can overrule it. If I get married, I don't need a permission from my mother or my father, but I can tell them that, "Look, this is what I'm planning," and they can offer advices. Are we together? Do you see, a man is an independent unit. A man, when he makes decisions, and let me tell you something, God will give men an independence to make decisions, but as well, God will hold a man responsible because to him, much is given, much is required. Are we together? Let's listen to a woman. Verse 3, if a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord, and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth, and her father hear her vow, and her bond wherewith she hath bound her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or of her bounds wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand. The Lord shall forgive her because her father disallowed her. Are you still with me? Amen. And we can give an example with the fan ruins here. If brother Jimson goes to sister Sharon and say, I want to get married to you. And he says, goodness, what a handsome young man you are. Yes, I will get married to you. If that matter goes to the father, and the father hears about the vow that she made, and Brother Fanny turns around and says, no, the father has got the scriptural authority to allow or disallow the marriage to go forth. Can I have an amen to the... Even if you love, if you respect your father, if your father says no, you've got to respect your father. And if you can overrule your father and continue with it when he disallowed it, don't ever expect blessings to follow you. Because you would have broken the scriptural pattern. And the scriptural pattern says the father must be able to say yes. And you would know that any young man that fails to impress the father, that young man, there must be something definitely wrong with him. Because the, father, the father's eye can penetrate through a makeup, a camouflage, and can be able to identify a character of the young man because the father was once a young man. The father knows how other men think. And he can ask the young man question, and in a minute, he can be able to plot his thinking, thought process, and he can come around and say, not him. Amen. If you are a young man, woman, any man that is afraid to meet your father, that man is not worthy to be a husband. A man must have the courage to look your father in the eye and say, I would like to have your daughter's hand in marriage. Brother Brennan says he must not whistle in the street. He must get into the house and speak to the father. Because the father will ask relevant questions. And there are certain scriptural authority that the father has or obligations that she, he has that he must ask a man. Are we together? Amen. Yes, sisters, you will bear with me. If a sister hears that my my somebody is approaching my daughter to get married, even the, the, the mothers immediately they think, "Wow, what a great day that is coming!" But not the father. The father will say, "Who's the man? Where does he come from? What does he do for a living?" Until them they say, "Ah, mara don't be hard. No, this man is a provider." He wants to make sure that if I let go of my daughter, she must go to somebody who is a provider as I am. Are we together? Every father is responsible to protect the well-being of their children. And I had much better say we are losing young girls in the message because fathers are too distant. If you ask a lot of times with young girls in the message, when was the last time you sat across the table with your father and just talked about life? It does not happen. And if you're not talking to your daughter about life, there is some rascal that will talk to your daughter about life and that rascal will lead your daughter astray. I'm simply saying, being a man doesn't mean you need to be a lion in your house. It means you must be an engaged father. And a lot of times there are men that are in their houses. They are not different with men that are paying maintenance to the magistrate court. All they think is that for me to be a man is to buy groceries. <laughs> Being a father takes it. it goes deeper than buying a grocery. You've got to be involved. You've got to know what is happening in their life. You've got to know what they are doing. You've got to track how they are doing at school. You've got to track their movements. They they must seek approval from you because you are a protector in your house. But you know why we fathers we are ineffective in our houses? Is because our children look at us, and some of them they see how we mistreat their mothers. And it does not matter how 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 far you can be or how great you can be, but if your child can ever have an evidence that you are mistreating their mother, you have lost credibility. The only thing that you will remain with is money as a tool to control them. We'll give you a chance to digest. Are you with me. Amen. They ask Brother Brenham a question in question and answers, it says, "Brother Brenham, what is the meaning of an alignment? An, an, an alignment is a cancellation of marriage by a parent. Are people free to marry, or is this just another wait for divorce? I would like some information on this surely the, uh, on this. Brother Brenham answers and says, "Surely they are married. As long as they take that vow, they are married. Just like a boy, if a boy promises a girl to marry her under good faith, he is obligated to that girl. He is just as good as married her. The only thing that the law does is to give you a bill of rights to live together to keep from being common law husband and wife. Folks, I must be saying the I must say this. Brother Branham says marriage belongs to the altar. And I'm simply saying, if you are a man and you are a common law husband, if we say common law, it's more traditional where you send your parents to her parents, but you have never completed the process and you stay with her. If the message finds you staying with the wife and you have not taken her to the altar, you must do the right thing and take that marriage to the altar. Even though you are signed at the magistrate, you must be able to exchange vows before a godly message pastor. Are we together? Common law wife and common law husband is not allowed in the message. You must be a fully-fledged married man You must be a fully-fledged married woman. What does it mean? It means when you go to her parents, they must have said that one has married our daughter. When you go to the law, which is a home affairs, they must be able to say that one has married our daughter, has married that woman. When you come to the pastor, the pastor must be able to say, I officiated. Unless you have touched all those three points, you are a common law husband. and there is a fine line between cohabitation masalisan and a lawful wedded marriage i see we've got a lot of young girls here listen to me if you ever give a man anything that he should be given that in marriage, and you give him that outside marriage, he will never marry you. Did you hear me? If you wash my dirty socks, and I've not married you, why should I spend money to marry you? Because I already have the benefits without me doing the right thing. A responsible young woman is the one that will say, I will not come and stay with you. I will not do, it. I will not even kiss you. I know they are not being preached in churches anymore. Yeah, Any man that kisses a woman is, obli- is morally obligated to marry that woman. Because kissing exchanges glands. That's why what we see among Pentecostals is a reproach where everybody is just kissing each other. What is that? It's just public adultery. There's got to be a decency. Any married woman is a woman is a married woman to some is a wife to somebody. And any unmarried woman is a potential wife to somebody. So that means any man that, that interacts with a woman must know and must have a sense of responsibility to know that there might be another man that will come. Or there is another man that is married to, to this woman. Women must be respected. I expect men to say amen to that. A man that runs into this woman, that runs into that woman, that man is not to be respected. He is actually scandalous to the title of men would. And that is why me, at no point in time, I as a pastor, would I ever listen to any advice from any politician. I refuse that and if I land in prison for that, so be it. You know Why? Is because we are trying to put men in their position, women in their position. A a politician comes and says, no, according to women's rights, this is what must happen. But guess what? The same men that are busy uh, pretending like they are protecting women, at night they become sugar daddies and destroy school-going children. And they come around and they want to tell us as a church and as pastors what to do. I refuse that. The only thing that we will listen to, it is the word of God. And and you know why I'm saying that? And I'm qualified to say that. And certain things we must say them for what they are. You see how many women are in this building? I only have one woman. That's my wife. I've never touched any of the women here. I've never abused any of the women here. Therefore, you can trust me when I say, I'm preaching a message that protects women. How many politicians can point at women and say, This woman, I only have one woman and I've never abused any of them? None of them can say that. Then why should we listen to them? Why should we listen to them? Are we together? I hope you're with me here. Amen. Amen. So it says, just like a boy, if a boy promises a girl to marry her under good faith, he's obligated to do that. He's just as good as married her. The only thing that the Lord does is to give a bill of rights so that they stay together. But when a man tells a woman, I'll marry you, I'll take you for my wife, he's married. Your vow is sacred. That's what marries you anyhow. There's not no preacher can marry you, no magistrate anyhow. There's not any preacher can marry you, no magistrate or nothing else. It's your own vow to God and to this man when you promise that you are married. Are we together? So that means you don't go around as a man promising every young girl that you're going to get married to. A man... That is Russia's someone, a Russia's man. He checks his weight. He checks his movements, He knows, he he respects his commitments. Are we together? And if he made a promise to one girl, he must stick to that promise until such time he makes that girl his wife. Are you still with me? And let me tell you this. Because this, this, they say population-wise, the ratio to men, men to women is 1 to 20. For every man, there are 20 women. So that means we've got more women than men. That has made a species called men to be arrogant. Because he thinks if he marries somebody, he has done them a favor. And any man that would marry a woman and keep on reminding her that it was a favor to get married to her, that man is scandalous. Are you here, church? It's getting more and more quieter as I go along. A real man would say, among all women, I chose you because you are better than all women. A twisted man will say, No a favor, I just did you a favor. There are still many women out there. Then sister, you just know you are really, really made the wrong choice. And certain things, symptoms will come up even before marriage. A lot of times we ignore the symptoms. We say they will change after marriage. Marriage is not salvation. It has never changed anyone. Can I repeat that? Marriage is not salvation. It has never changed anyone. If he's a crook, <laughs> he, when he's singing, he will be a crook, a married crook. Yes, so it is a before marriage and it will remain a in marriage. But a, a redeemed son of God will be a son of God before marriage and will be a son of God in marriage. Until, sister, when you look... Okay, let me not go there. <laughs> Once you are married to her, Brother Branham says, it was then may then may, man was made to rule over the woman. A man was made to rule over a woman. Don't run with it. Wait a minute until I complete. By the way, because some they hear this pattern run away. Hallelujah. And they try to find ways to rule women. And, and I say this we are beginning to see young, young, young women in the message are beginning to protest. I see a spirit of protest among young women in the message. They say, me, I want to work. Don't just run away and blame them and say, yeah, these young ones. They have seen something. Some of them, they they were raised in a family where the father was a provider, but the father used to finance as a manipulation tool in the family until when the young girl looks and says, me, I want to make sure that I work so that I can provide for myself. Are you here, church? I know it is difficult to swallow this morning, but I've got to administer medicine here. Amen. Amen. Never use money in your family as a control tool. Actually, it's not even your money. It is our money. It is not your salary. It is our salary. It is not your job. It is our job. Because while you are out there, me, I'm doing stuff that if you were to pay me for, you will not even afford. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the thing being a housewife is easy. You will never survive 24 hours. At least there you've got job description. You know what to do. There's routines. But at a house, something just comes up. You've got to change the routine. Are you, are you here? Yes, I know until sisters say, me, I can't say anything about money because that is his money. It is not his money. It is in community of property. Every cent is our cent. Are, are you here? I know it's making you feel jittery. In a bank account in the house, the pin codes must be known by both of us.
3: Amen.
0: Yes. If you die, how are we going to withdraw money to bury you? That is common sense, it's a given. And I had my shoe. Let me not go there. (laughs) You know why we are preaching like this? We want our men to be different from wealthy men, we want our men to be different from even other men from other churches. So that when we tell our children and say, this message is the most powerful thing that God has ever sent, our children must be able to say, amen. It produced my dad. It produced my mother. It produced my family. Not that we come and say, this message is the best thing. But it says, ah, the dad next door is a drunkard but they never go hungry because their father provides for them as we don't know what is happening and let me hear me out men if you live upright you live godly for god god will never make sure that you god will make sure that you do not fail as a man in your house he will protect your position economically spiritually and otherwise but be right first with him. And you can go to God and say, God, if I'm unable to buy bread for them, how will they respect me when I tell them how to dress? You see, he won't fail you. You can be able to tell them and say, do you see the economy is bad, but we've got bread in the house. God is taking care of us. Let us please him with our dressing. Let us please him with our honor, how we live. Then you are respected as a godly father. And that's why sometimes I feel if we were to get men right, we have won the war. That's why when a sister comes to church with the children, amen and their husband is an unbeliever, is at home, does not believe, I don't think we have won. Because even though they may enjoy the wait and go home, the men still can decide and say, this Friday we're going to have a party in this house. And they cannot overrule him. But when I see a man coming to church, Even if he's alone and the wife, they say the wife doesn't care about the message. I say, devil, you are a liar. If we won the head, we will win the entire body. Amen. Are you still with me? Brother Bremen says in the Garden of Eden, we see being that the continuity is broken. The lifeline was broken. The timeline was broken. The covenant was broken. Everything shattered when God's weight was broken in the Garden of Eden. When the weight is broken in a family, there's no way the weight can be broken in the family and the family not be broken. Once the weight is broken, it, will, it affects everything. That's why when the weight was doubted in the Garden of Eden, the timeline was broken. The covenant was broken. The lifeline was broken. There was no death, but death set in. Because why? The weight was not kept. And that is why. If you want your family to be immune from all the evil attacks that are happening today, make sure that the weight is kept in your family. And, and hear me out, believers. Even if one of your partners can step out of the line, never ever follow them, remain in the line. Because at the right time, you God through you will reconcile them. The scripture says, an unbelieving man is justified by a believing wife. Are we together? So that means when somebody goes wrong, you keep your position, and they will come back to their position. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Brother Brunel, see, I'm just trying to condense everything. Brother Brunel says, hatred had a beginning. This is the message of Redeemer. So it has to have an end. Love had no beginning, so it has no end. Hatred is forever. Love is eternal. Hatred begins, and hatred will end. Love never did begin, it will never end. It was eternal. When a man loves a woman and marries her because she's just pretty, there will be an end to that. And beauty is subjective. You can look at a woman and say she's beautiful, but to somebody, he can look and say, I don't see anything. But character, it doesn't even matter. A godly character can, can be even been seen by people of different races, people of different backgrounds. When a man finds a woman that he loves and doesn't know why. Doesn't know why, but he loves her. And she finds a man that she loves. No matter what he looks like, he loves her. She loves him. That's an eternal mate in glory. Death, nothing else can ever separate them. Because they are from eternity, they stepped out into the space of time and will return back to eternity. Eternity has dropped down in a body called the time. And it cannot perish Are we together. Yes. But it's when you love not the beauty, but the character. Beauty fades away. But character is what fortifies a woman when beauty has faded away. And if you loved character... That love that you had for her is like an oil. The older it gets, the better it becomes. Are you still with me? Just this, another quote. Brother Brunum, in the message, the manifestation of the Spirit, this struck me. It was during the discernment. Brother Brunum says, the man sitting here, there, next to you, is referring a woman. That must be your husband. I see there is a connection. What type of connection? Why would the Holy Spirit know that that man is there? And Brother Monson say, I see the connection. When you are married to a woman or you are married to a husband, there must be a connection that the devil must never break. He says, I felt... His spirit go out in gratitude. <laughs> what is gratitude? What is gratitude? Help us. What's it? Been? Being thankful. So the man is sitting there next to his wife. He's got this. brother. I felt the gratitude going out in his spirit. The gratitude that the husband had. It was his connection with his wife. And brother, bring him on that basis. Say, the woman, that must be your husband because I see there is gratitude. How many of us, when we have long been married, we still have gratitude. Say, God, I thank you. You gave me her. God, I thank you. You gave me him. Many of us are like Adam. The woman that you gave me. The man that you gave me. Where's Gratitude. And you know why? What spoils the feminine environment is when people step out of their position. When a man steps out of his position, the woman will follow suit. Hallelujah. Because what's happening? She will react as she reacted from the beginning. You are the one that approached her. You heard the young man said something, and she said, yes. He acted, she reacted. And that is how it's going to be in marriage. He will act, she will react. He will act, she will react. So when the man does not love the reactions of his wife, he must check his actions. You can never change her reactions until you change your reactions. If you don't provide, there is a way that she will react. And many of them, they turn around and say, he doesn't respect me. But we pastors, we come in and say, what did you do? I see. Men are not saying amen. He is taking sides with sisters. Yes, let me take sides with them. A woman is given a humble spirit. A woman is the one that changes her same name. She's the one that changes her body structure to give birth to the children and call them according, by your family name. So. A woman has said yes, she has dropped her say name, she bought children for you, she comes, she drops her say name and so forth, and she comes into a matrimony. When, at what point does she change? At what point does she change? A lot of times she changes at the point at which you changed. I know there won't be amen, but I will preach anyhow. When you have changed, so before you try to do anything, a real man, when he sees a trouble in his house, the first thing he does, he doesn't go in a blame mode. He withdraws from the situation and looks at the situation and says, what must I have done wrong to create what I see? Can I get an amen? amen? Because why? He is the head. I've been leading this family until this far. And something has gone wrong. That means in my leadership, something has gone wrong. Let me fix it. And if you will check and you realize that you have not done anything wrong, you just carry on in the wait. And say, God, you know everything. I submit myself to you. The same God that gave you Him. He is a manufacturer. He never runs around uh, uh, out of parts. Hallelujah. You know, there are some cars that you must never buy because every time you go for service, they say, we are waiting for parts. A real manufacturer, a real manufacturer, before he he, he manufactures a car, he first manufactures the parts to make sure that they are available. That's why this God is the best manufacturer. That's why if you don't have a kidney and you are struggling with kidney, God! Can give you a new kidney. And if you are, your wife's heart is hardened. God has got the power to give her a new heart. But a lot of times when they get hardened. We as well leave God and we want to prove our men would And we try to become dictators. And we worsen the situation. I don't know how many men, when they leave their families and they feel things are not going wrong, how many withdraw and go and kneel down and pray and say, God, I need your, I need your wisdom in this situation. Not at all. We become, we become prisoners to our own egos. Because she has done this, now you're going to prove to her that you can get her into the line. If you do it according to your ways... Anytime a man solves anything, he creates a new problem. But every time when God resolves a problem, he solves it completely. That's why this is a clear and call to every man to return back to the maker. Amen. An iron fist in the family doesn't work, folks. You can try to say you impress us by being Hitler in your family. And you look and you think we are impressed. And us, when we go home, we become so mellow, like a melting ice cream. And you wonder when we get home, they ask us, are you going to drink coffee or tea or juice? There is, a, there is a way that we create that. And when, as a Hitler, you can't look there and say, ah, these men, are they sissified? No, we want to live happily with our wives. Amen. Amen. Because there are some men, even when they are knocked off they are driving home, they are thinking of a way to pick up an argument. A man who is not living right loves to hide behind anger. Are you here, man? I saw another one. He did not sleep at home. He came back in the morning. As he approached, he saw a teaspoon by the gate. He picked up and said, Things are disorderly. orderly. How can we come back home? Here is a teaspoon by the gate. Because why? He wanted to hide. An angry man always is hiding something. A man who is not hiding everything is happy with everybody. Is everybody right? Can we talk? Hallelujah. But a man that is hiding something is like a lion. He always has this angry face so that no one must ask him questions. anger is a blanket of cowards. As we have known, even when we are angry, we just wait and see. We'll wait until, if you break everything, you'll fix it after we wait. We wait. Because if we run away, you'll say, Yeah, the way I was so angry, they even ran away. We're not going to run away. We'll wait and say, Hey, when are you paying school fees? And you get angry, we wait, we wait for 30 minutes after, we say, When? Because why? This, this anger is a demon. You are behind it, but you are not a victim. And anger is a demon. We want to rescue from this demon. We're not going to run away from an angry demon. No, we'll wait and say, brother, come out. Come out. Sweeten your anger by prayer. Come out. I had much better said, I will never worship with any man that I'm afraid of as a pastor. Whenever, if I can ever get to a point where I'm afraid of a man, I'll ask him, hey, I'm afraid of you, leave our church. <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to correct you if I'm afraid of you? Because me as a pastor, I'm the one that walks when you are angry. So if I'm scared to your wife, me and say he's angry, how am I going to come? No! Are you here, Jesus? (laughs) How many has anyone ever scared them with anger? Not even in life in general. Even a manager. A manager that doesn't know what to do. He becomes angry. He bosses people around. As a manager, I will discipline you. There's a problem. A manager that is comfortable in his own skin, he sits with people. What are we planning? What are you thinking? How can we improve? Am I helping you? I'll come to sister's. Some men are afraid in their houses. A godly woman will never embarrass his her husband in public. Even if her husband can say something wrong, she will bite her tongue and never argue until she's home and has made her a cup of coffee and say, but daddy, the way you put it there, I don't know, I was thinking it should have been put it like this way. But a woman that when a man makes an error in public, she badges and shows everybody that woman is less of a woman. A lot of times she will think that we will disrespect the man No, we disrespect her further because of her conduct. And sisters in the message respond differently to situations. They apply wisdom. You know know what does it mean by wisdom? Wisdom will make you seem like you have lost even though you have gained. But arrogance will always want to make sure that you win everything. But wisdom sometimes makes you, to others it looks like you have lost. Can I take an example? Brother Branham comes home. People are outside. Kids are crying. The house is dirty. What would have happened if you could have walked in and said, Why is the house dirty? Why did you not clean? Why are the kids crying? Why didn't you take care of them? But here is the man of God. He comes. He puts on an apron. If it was some of us, will say, ah, is he becoming a sissy? Why is he putting an apron? Washing dishes. Wisdom will make you feel like you, will make you look like you have lost, even though you have gained. And he put an apron. He started washing the dishes. As he's washing, he said to, my, to his wife, says, my wife, I know you want that dress. I think we must go and get that dress. Are we together? And say, as I was speaking, I was praying in my heart. And not long, I was transmitting an atmosphere. And not long, the children were right. Not long, my wife was nervous, was right. What happened? It is a wisdom. Just imagine if you tell other brothers, I went home, the wife was angry. The house was dirty. And I put an apron and I started washing dishes. They will not say you are spiritual. They will look at each other. (laughs) Because why? Them, they will throw their toys around. Where is the house dirty? What have you been doing the whole day? Because I come back from work... Not a wise husband. I think, let me stop here. We shall continue. But let us have godly families. Let us become godly husbands. Let us become godly wives. Let us become a godly church so that we give people a chance to see that it is possible. And when somebody realizes that there is a possibility, it breaks their chains. God bless you richly. Amazing grace as we stand to our feet. Whole life, every area of my life, if
1: anybody asks
0: you just who I am. tell them this way. The whole church, the whole church, every man and woman, let's I sing to this song. For redeeming me, thank you for buying my salvation. Thank you for changing my life.
3: That's why
0: I'm not ashamed to tell them if they ask you who I am, I'm redeemed.
3: Including the devil, tell him who I am.
0: Time. Oh, I am, I am the old man has passed off the scene, I am a new creation.
2: I know who I am
0: by His grace. Think for the last time, for the last time, for the last time. I am with
3: you. Thank
0: you. I'm glad he could afford my salvation. It requires his own blood. He hung on the cross in
3: order to change my life, and my life is changed. Thank you, Father. applause for redeeming us. Yeah.
0: Hallelujah! If they ask you, who am I? Yes, Some knew me before he redeemed me. Amen. Knew my past, knew my broken background, yes. knew my shenanigans, but today Amen. tell them I'm redeemed. Amen. How I many are happy that they were redeemable? And he changed every area of our life. He can change your marriage. He can change your finances. He can change your health. He can change your children. He can change every area of your life. And that's why we are not ashamed to say we are redeemed. bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he hung on the cross, it's because he loved us. And we are not going to be ashamed of him. Give us another one.
3: Epinez Uncle Siami. Baba. He brought you until this far. CT Epinez. worship the Lord. (laughs) Concours (laughs) Concours <laughs> Baba Niguela. O Cobolami. Did you go sit down? O Baba is in Niguela. U bene.
0: He brought us until this far. One poet says we could have died on the way. Yes. But grace prevailed. Yes. I don't know Stampanyana, you've got that song. The Zulu one that says, I could have died on the way. But mercy refused. Mercy refused.
1: Even now.
2: building, Lord Almighty, to share your word. Mm. We say thank you, Lord Almighty, for the anointing and for the teaching of the word. Mm. Lord Almighty, may you forgive our wrongdoing, our mistakes, oh Lord. Mm. And let this word that's been preached, Lord Almighty, may teach us how to live, to know that Lord Almighty, to give honor to you. Yes. Lord Almighty, we say thank you, Father, for the anointing, Lord Almighty. May Lord Almighty heart let us leave, O oh Lord, to look, say that we have seen you, Lord, in the last day. Mm. As the Lord Almighty, we say, Thou wait on the last day, there shall be light. Yes. Lord, let us be the food of that life that shine, O oh Lord. Lord Almighty God, we how in the Lord, humbling ourselves to fear your way, to learn how to live, to learn how to power and to save you, Lord. Almighty God, Bless our going home, Lord Almighty. Mm. And let us eliminate, O Lord, this way that we've been learning today. And let not forget about it, O Lord, in the rest of our lives. Let our by last by our life living, Lord Almighty. We may close drawn to you, Lord. Yes. Father Almighty, we say thank you for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say amen. Amen.
0: Amen.
3: Agu couches anedauludise albas alanesan
1: agu couches anedauludise
3: albas alanesan agu couches anedauludise One the one day,
0: He cannot fix. He takes us into the battles and fight for us.
1: Hallelujah!
0: How many know that? Let's do Congo there after you are
3: dismissed. Amen. You dance up in anger Hosanna, Amen Amen, Amen. 哇 wow.
0: We worship in Congo. Amen. Um, are there any Congolese here? Okay. God bless you. Are we doing it properly? Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you sure, brothers? Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. Book. beaucoup. Hey, eh, brothers, because I think i will only seen the church the other week, but I want to leave them with a the war cry. And then thereafter, you are dismissed. You've been a good audience. Another round of applause for Kukune. Amen. Um, uh, the Kunes, it was great to have you here. You. Amen and to entrust us to raise your child. I hope we are doing a good job. You'll let us know. The Fanroens, God bless you as well. Yeah. And the Spire Play. Yeah. God bless you. Let me not go further into Africans. It might be deeper for you to understand. Amen. Shalom church. Have a blessed week. Pray for me as I'm going to Zimbabwe. Uh, there's a meeting there with pastors. I'll be addressing the meeting in between the services. Uh, Pastor Chizinda requested me to come that side. God richly bless you. Pray for me. How many will pray for me? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come with it. Uh, I think this, I think if we were to choose when we get to heaven. This is our marching song as we go in. This is the right one. It's the right one. All right. <laughs> come here so that maybe they see you.
3: City Hallelujah, I'm Yena, yeah, oh, Tore, Allah, 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 Allah,